You face it every day. There's no way around it. You must deal with this every day in some form or fashion from without or within. Sometimes we don't even realize we're in the battle until we've already lost it. Temptation. Are you a victor today? Are you a victim? I like that victim designation, and we'll talk about that straight ahead. How do you overcome temptation? What is the temptation in your life right now? What's the Bible say about this? What does Ray say? You'll find out straight ahead at the Radio Backyard Fence as we welcome the president of Keep Believing Ministries, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Practical biblical help is coming up on Chris Fabry Live, online, chrisfabrylive.org. Here's a number, write it down. You might need it today. 877-548-3675. Look at who's back. Happy Pappendick. And to keep the alliteration going, Happy Pappendick's our producer today. Engineering and sound design by Ryan McConaughey. Trish is our consulting producer. The Victor will be our telecommunication liaison. He's answering phones. 877-548-3675. Sorry we weren't with you live on Friday. I had all kinds of great things planned on Friday, and there was a snowstorm, and it was Founders Week. Well, of course, it was snow on Founders Week. It's D.L. Moody's birthday week, so <laughs> you got to have some snow. So we weren't with you live on Friday. Hope you enjoyed the uh the program, the pre-recorded programs that we presented back then, didn't hear them, go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. I got a voicemail the other day from a man who said the love languages are are sin. And I'd never heard that before, and I listened, I try to listen real closely to every, everybody who calls us. And basically he was saying this love language stuff is sin, and what he meant was if you try to get people to love you The way that you want to be loved, that's self-centered, and we shouldn't be living that way. And if you're going to love me, you need to blank. Well, I think he's got a point. But I also think he didn't understand the concept behind the love languages, and it's this. Married people in particular, you, you don't have to be married to use the love language, but married people kept coming to pastor and author Dr. Gary Chapman, and they were saying, my spouse doesn't love me. And he would ask him, well, why'd you say that? Well, because... He doesn't tell me anymore, or she never shows it like she used to. And what he saw was a pattern that people who love each other express love in a way that speaks to themselves, but they marry somebody who's quite different. And hence, the thing that speaks love to you is probably not the thing that speaks love to the other person. So the question is, do you love your spouse and want to show them love in a way that they will understand, that really communicates that love. It's a giving concept. It's not a self-centered concept. Although, looking out for the interests of others will come back around to you. That's what the five love languages is all about, Charlie Brown. And this month, let's see, 212 today. February is 28 days, unless I'm mistaken, 16 days left. Call us. Give a gift. Go online. If you give to Chris Fabry Live, we'll send you a copy of the latest edition of The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Can't get it to you before Valentine's Day, friend. But if you put it into practice, next Valentine's Day, you won't need a dozen roses and a card that says, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who needs a dozen roses when you can have the five love languages? Call 866-95-FABRY, give a gift of any size, or go to chrisfabrylive.org and we'll send you a copy. And thank you for being a back fence friend. Dr. Ray Pritchard serves as president of Keep Believing Ministries. He's ministered around the world. I'm I'm shocked that we're able to even link up with him today. He's just traveling all over the place. He's back in uh, Texas now. 
He's written an anchor for the soul. That's our featured resource. You can find it at chrisfabrylive.org. You can link to Keep Believing Ministries. Dr. Ray Pritchard, welcome back. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. And uh, although there's a lot of pain, uh, you know, just we were talking before yeah. the program about some of the pain going on in the country and in, you know, my locale, a lot of local churches. I saw um, a, a friend of mine passed away, I used to work with him in ministry, passed away with cancer over the weekend and came as a shock to me. And the other thing is there are police officers who've lost their lives in the last week or so uh, in Ohio and Colorado. And I could we just stop right here? Can you just help us frame that when servants uh, to put themselves on the line and they lose their lives? It we have to stop, don't we? You know, we talk about heroes and heroes come in all different sizes and varieties. I mean, if you're talking about. The Super Bowl, you're talking about Nick Foles. If you're talking about the Olympics, you're talking about these amazing athletes, right? But it's something different when the men and women who put on the blue and put on the badge and walk out, walk out to the danger line, walk out to the killing zone, walk out where, Chris, where you and I don't want to go, where it's not safe for us to be. And they go not because they have to, but they go because they are called to. That's where they want to be. And they are willing to give everything to protect us. And it is, those are the real heroes. Those men and women who every day, every single day, lay their lives on the line so the rest of us can sleep well at night and be safe. And it does seem in these last few days that we have heard these unbelievably sad stories of police officers killed in the line of duty. They are the heroes, and we do well to stop and remember them. We to pray for their families, but sometimes from a distance. One thing that's really important: we're told over and over again in the Bible to remember, which means do not forget. Do not be so busy in the affairs of life that you forget those who have given so much for you. And so, Chris, we join with Americans everywhere in thanking God for our police officers and remembering with a, a kind of solemn, solemn sadness. But there is a, there's a kind of, I guess, a pride there, solemn joy. Uh, think of the right word here. We remember what they did on behalf of us, and we give thanks for their sacrifice. I finally saw the, I had a, a conversation with the dad of one of the firefighters who lost his life in 2013 in uh, Arizona in the Yarnell fire. And, uh, his dad's pastor and he told this story. I finally saw the film that was based on that happening over the weekend. And one of the actors, when he was interviewed about playing the role of this, uh, hotshot, you know, the guys who went in, go in and try with just shovels and axes, try to hold off these huge wildfires. He said, there is this sense that every day a family member will look at the person going off and think, this may be the last time I will ever see him or her alive. And that's a a very sobering thing. Police officers, firefighters, EMT, others who are in that kind of profession we can forget that pretty easily. We don't understand that, you know, in the in the normal quote unquote everyday workaday world. 
Well, Chris, something could happen to you or something could happen to me. We could be in an accident. We could, we could somehow be shot by some evildoer, but that would be called a tragedy and an accident. These are men and women highly trained who are there on purpose. They answered the call. You know, the rest of us run for cover when trouble breaks out. We run away from it for safety. They run toward it. And in recent days, some have paid the supreme sacrifice. So to me, as I said, there's all kind of heroes, but there are no heroes greater than these men and women who have served us and at the highest, at the highest level have given their life in the uh, line of duty. Well, let's move into then this conversation that you came up with the topic of temptation, and it's a perennial. I mean, we could talk about this all day, every day, because it is a problem that we all have, right? Well, Jesus taught us to pray, didn't he? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, we could debate the exact meaning of those phrases, but clearly, when Jesus taught us to pray that way, he's telling us, Men and women, if you're going to follow me, understand you are living in a very dangerous world. You are not in a playground. You're in a war zone. You're in a battleground spiritually. And one part of the Christian life is understanding the role that temptation plays. You know, I was thinking about Martin Luther, who, who said there are three things that make the man of God. One is meditation. He meant on the word of God. One is prayer, and the other he simply called temptation. And we wouldn't think of temptation as being a pathway to spiritual growth, but he meant that there is no growth in the Lord without going down into the fires of testing and discovering that in us there is not enough, but in Jesus there is all that we need. And you know, you can read all the books you want about temptation, but until you're in the middle of it, and feel the pull of it. That's when you discover what you really believe. That's when you find it if your faith is strong enough to stand the test. So it's the common experience of every Christian. First Timothy, uh, First Corinthians, that familiar verse says, no temptation has seized you, has overtaken you. Uh, Chris, sometimes we do feel overtaken, don't we? We just feel overwhelmed. And one of the encouragements is you may feel all alone. You may feel when you're tempted like you're the only person in the world who's ever gone through this, and Paul wants us to know, no, what's happening to you is the ordinary experience of every Christian. And I dare say, honestly, on the road to heaven, temptation could be, isn't always, but could be a stepping stone to great spiritual growth. See, I when you frame it that way, I don't think I've ever heard it put quite that way. Because if that's true, and one of the questions I have for you was, why in the world did God allow this? You know, he could allow there not to be any temptation whatsoever, but he must allow it for something that eventually will, you know, be for our own good and our own maturity. So if that's true, and you are being tempted today, then maybe there's something good in the middle of all of this. Here's the question I put out on Facebook. What is your greatest daily temptation? What is your greatest daily temptation? I want to hear your answer to that here. Write the number down and join us. Dr. Ray Pritchard is with us at the Radio Backyard Fence. You can find out more about us at chrisfabrylive.org. 
This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. I'm Chris Fabry. We're live, except where we're not. Hence the title of the program and uh, the author of An Anchor for the Soul, President of Keep Believing Ministries, Dr. Ray Pritchard is back, and we're talking about temptation. And I want to hear your answer to that. What's your biggest daily temptation? And you can remain anonymous if you'd like. 877-548-3675. Let me ask that theological question, though, first, Ray, and get you to respond. Why, Why would... Why would God allow this? Even back in the garden, you know, he could have stamped the head of that snake a long time ago. Uh, look at the death, burial, or resurrection of Jesus after that, and people come to him. Why wouldn't God just put a little bubble around my life so that I'm not tempted anymore? Well, the truth of the matter is that if you weren't tempted, you would not grow. If I were not tempted, I would not grow. Temptation is is meant by God to be a stepping stone. Now, Oftentimes, it's a slippery stone, right? We slip and we fall. In the book of James, folks, go back and read James chapter 1. This is kind of interesting when he talks about uh, trials and testings, trials and testings and temptations. And there's a couple of different Greek words he uses. We don't have to get into the Greek words. But the interesting thing to me is, Chris, he uses them interchangeably. He kind of puts one word out, then puts another word out. And I think James is telling us something that the same event, the same moment in life, the same hardship, the, the same trial, what we call the same temptation, it, it becomes a temptation when we respond wrongly. It becomes a trial that produces spiritual growth when we mm-hmm. respond rightly. So the question is is always going to be the same question for you and for me, for all of us. Okay, this is right in front of me, and I can mm-hmm. either blow my top where I can respond like a Christian, or this temptation is right in front of me, and it is some alluring sexual temptation, and I can go with it, and I can go down that road, and I can destroy my own soul, as Proverbs says, or I can flee that temptation, and I can come out of that circumstance, if I respond rightly, stronger than I was before. So the issue is not the problems of life because there's, you know, there's no temptation taking you, but we're, we're all in this thing together. The yes. question is, how will we respond? Yes. And the end of that, as I recall the, the James passage and then other, you know, in, in Paul's letters, he talks about, they talk about perseverance yes. and then maturity. God's greatest goal for you and me is to conform us to the image of his son. And so Jesus went through this in his life. So why shouldn't you and I, right? Well, absolutely. In fact, Hebrews says he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. That's a, that's a verse we're not going to really fully understand mm-hmm. until we finally get to heaven. But clearly that's being the, the example of our Lord who was without sin, right? Without right. sin, completely and absolutely. And yet, the trials of this life in his human experience, he learned things he wouldn't have learned any other way. And so it is God has, you know, Job 23, he knows the way that I take when he has tried me, when I've come out of the furnace. And not just, we think of the furnace of suffering, but the furnace of suffering is also the furnace of temptation. The devil knows how to hit us, but when he has tried us, if we have responded rightly, it's God's plan that we should come forth as gold. And he means by that the gold of tried and tested Christian character. Let me just throw a thought in here. I love new Christians, 
love to be around the exuberance of new Christians, the excitement, the love for the Lord, their zeal to share. Oh, isn't it great to be around new Christians? But there's something to be said for the older saints of God, Chris, who have been through, who have been through the death of loved ones, who have seen dreams crumble to the ground, who have experienced some really hard times, and somehow, somehow, by God's grace, they have come through with their faith intact. Uh, these are the saints of, of Psalm 92, the ones who say, the Lord is my rock and I will trust in him. And as much as I love new Christians, they don't have the experience yet of all of that. Wonderful to be around saints who've come through the hard time, including the time of temptation. And by God's grace, they've made it through. We can learn something from them. We can't learn from anybody else. Let's take a few calls. Let's just see what's rolling around people's souls. Your greatest temptation each day. And uh, I won't tell you where people are from. Let's just use first names. Uh, first up is Claudia. Claudia, what was your answer to that question? Uh, judging and talking about people. Hmm. You mean like gossiping, <laughs> gossiping against yeah, them? Like, yeah, can, I work with yeah. a bunch of people where I work, and they're continually like, but don't tell us people. about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't tell us about them. Are you? <laughs> right. No, that's good. I get it. I get it. See, that's it. That's it. And that's so honest of you, Claudia. Talking about other people, gossiping, and for good reason, Ray. So you hang on to that, Claudia. Thank you. Let's go to Sandra. Sandra, your greatest daily temptation is sugar. <laughs> sugar. Sugar. What in do you mean? Like, just, like Dr. Form. Pepper, um, yes. uh, carb, carbs, eating ch- potato chips, and and um, right now my honey wheat pretzels and just, you <laughs> know, me hungry, oh, no. and sugar holly. <laughs> Yeah, and so you know that's not good for you. You know that it's there, and and you can. Oh yeah, okay, all right. So there's so there's gossip. There's food. Uh, Kim, Kim, greatest temptation each day is. Uh, hi, Chris. Um, the greatest temptation for me is starting my day without the Lord. Um, I was thinking about Psalms where it says that. The Lord knows my, my sitting down and my rising and how he searches my thoughts. And I, I, and I really believe that he gave me that scripture uh, to, to, to kind of slap me upside the head. Kim, I know you're sitting down. I know you're, I know you're wanting to rise up, but I'm searching your heart. I'm searching your thoughts. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want to, you don't want to go out and face the rest of the temptations the day has for you without me. And so for me, it's just dedicating that time and, and just being disciplined to no matter what, you know, if I have to be up early the next day, then make sure I set the, set the, the alarm a half hour earlier so I can spend that time to be dedicated because I love my time with the Lord. I love my time, and it's not just in the morning. It's all throughout the day. I try to be in an attitude of prayer. But, but that time in the Word starts my day, and, and, it, and it sends me out armored, ready for that in temptation. In a different frame. See, Kim, in a different I, frame. I, my husband, 
husband and I have always said, you know what? You can't be trusted unless you can't can't be trustworthy unless you're tr- unless you're able able to be trusted. You can't be respected unless you're respectable. And it's the same with temptation. You can't be pure of heart until you've been tested, until you've been tried and purified. Um, so. I think there's some people listening, though, Kim, who are going to say, boy, I wish I had Kim's temptation because that's, my, you know, my bigger one is and fill in the blank. And it sounds like yours is such a respectable, you know, oh, you didn't spend your time with God. But what you're saying is I want to live my life fully dependent on him rather than just running on my own steam. And what that looks like is you get alone with him each day. And that is a. You know, you're going to hit your head up against a lot of things that are going to try to tear you away from doing that. And you want to, uh, I get what you're saying is, is, and, and, uh, so Ray, I want you to come back around here, but let me take a couple more calls. Thank you, Kim, to say hi to your husband for it. Brian, Brian, biggest temptation each day is, um, fantasizing. Um, and I am a recovering, um, addict. But what I mean by that is when things get hard, even without my addiction around, I start to numb out. I watch TV or I eat uh, to create feelings so I get out of my reality. Like, nope, I'm not going to deal with that problem, or nope, I'm not going to be loving right now. Um, so, you know, a lot of people think fantasy just means with sexualness or drugs. Right. It's like, no, I, I think we can fantasize with lots of different things. Yes. So. And check out, I get that, Brian, thanks for being honest today. Jim, Jim, biggest daily temptation is? You know, I'll keep it brief, but the biggest temptation is uh, getting angry, especially on the road with other people. (laughs) Yeah, and I know where you live, too. (laughs) You do, yeah. And I'll tell you, a lot of people know where I live, and if they knew me on the road, they would be like, holy cow. Yes. Um, Do you have one of those bumper stickers on on there? You know, God is your co-pilot or anything like that? Or the name of your church? uh, I had one that said, I'm the the official pace car. If you are speeding, or if you're past me, you're speeding. So how self-righteous is that, huh? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, and 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 why is it that it shows up so often in the on the road thing i i get that jim thank you okay so fantasizing and not not just a sexual thing but checking out just going to someplace else uh, gossiping food forgetting god ray what do you think what strikes me chris is how how ordinary all of this is it's food it's driving the car. It's road rage. It's, it's checking out of life. It's forgetting the things that are most important in life. You know, nobody said my greatest temptation is whether or not I'm going to rob a bank today. Now I'm sure there are some people who, you know, face some moral quandary like that, but most of life is a, about 99% of life is just ordinary and we're going to have to work out our sanctification just coming down to, am I going to pick up those potato chips or not, right? Or there is somebody in my office who is driving me nuts. You know, and there's somebody like that in every office, and usually more than one somebody, and we're going to have to decide, uh, you know, it's 1045, how am I going to respond? It's 1115, how am I going to respond? It's 1145. I guess I'm saying sometimes we put temptation just in the huge things, you know, of murder or adultery as mm-hmm. serious and real as those are. But, but I'm struck by the ordinariness of all of this, which I think is exactly where we all live. 
which is why, you know, you, you go back to that verse, but God is faithful. We're the ones who are in trouble. There's a theological truth underlying all of this, that God is faithful. He's the one who allows us to get in these situations. And the question is, what will we do then? He's going to give us a way of escape, but, uh, you know, we can talk about that in a moment. But yeah. my experience has been generally, you better grab it when it comes back because it may not come by twice. <laughs> And just in processing all of this, and uh, 877-548-3675, I want to talk about some of these specifics. I remember, as we're talking, I'm thinking of this one intersection that's probably about uh, 15 miles away from me <laughs> as I sit here. And as you pull up to that, if you get the red light, if you pull up to that, on the left side is a billboard advertising something, and the way that they have this advertised is the way that they advertise things these days. Mm-hmm. And it's, and so as I'm pulling up there each time, I have to, okay, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, if my wife and my kids are with me, it's like, I know they're looking at me. I can, you know, I'm not I'm going to look straight ahead or I'm going to talk to them or whatever. If I'm alone, am I going to stare or not? That's a temptation. So how do I handle that? What do I do with that? 877-548-3675. Dr. Ray Pritchard's our guest today on Chris Fabry Live and Moody Radio. Hey there, today program uh, helping you with this topic of temptation. You feel a little less alone in the struggle? I hope so. We've had some friends come alongside us and partner with us to help us out each month with a gift here on the Chris Fabry Live. You'll receive my weekly back fence post. Just a little encouragement for you, plus some other nifty things. If you want to find out more about how you can be a back fence partner, a BFP, just go to chrisfabrylive.org. Look on the down at the bottom there on the homepage, back fence partner. Or you can call 866-95-FABRY if you want to give a gift each month and come alongside us. And thanks for doing what you're doing. Uh, Ray Pritchard is with us. Dr. Pritchard, I have so many really great questions and so many great phone calls here, too, of people who are dealing with temptation right now. So answer that question pointedly to me when you pull up and you know the billboard is there and you're tempted to look. Not when does the temptation become sin? Is the bill me knowing that the billboard is there? Is that sin or no? I think Luther made the comment somewhere that you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to let them make a build a nest in your hair, right? And and I think that's a that's a nice way to put it in life. We're going to, there are billboards everywhere, right? And I mean, not just literal billboards selling auto parts with some scantily clad somebody or other, but there are symbolic billboards everywhere. We are going to be attacked on every side. You, maybe. Now, I can say honestly, Chris, there are some people for whom that billboard is such an issue. They mm-hmm. would be, they would be well advised to find another road to, to leave earlier. And go out of their way. Second, it's not a sin to look to, you're going to see the billboard, you glance at it. It's the second look, right? That gets us in trouble mm. and the third look and the fourth. And I think if there's a billboard in your life, let's just say it that way, 
the, 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 the way to victory, one part of it's going to be to find a brother, to find a sister, to find a friend who knows about that billboard and who can ask you some pointed questions. Did you go that route because you wanted to see the billboard? Did you stop there a little mm. bit longer? And you know, not everybody can say those questions to everybody, but we all have good friends, or at least we ought to have good friends who are close enough to us. And I've had a good handful in my life who could come to me and they could just cut through all the nonsense and say, mm. Ray, you're making excuses. Now let's get down to the truth. Is that painful? Yes, it is. But it is, it's also the way of freedom. God never intended, Chris, that you and I should fight our battles alone. Yes. So the one and others and the body, that's why the body is there. And my thought is that, man, Paul and Peter in the first mm. century, as they're walking through that their world, they got more than billboards, you know, that's right. that, that's there, that are there. They've got all of this visual temptation, not the same kind that we have today, but there's, there's a lot of junk there and a lot of moral immorality that's going on there. You know, the, the, the woman in adultery that's hauled in front of Jesus, you know, and all of that. And if they can stand up under that, then you and I can be given the ability to stand up too. The song says, is this vile world a friend of grace to help me on to God? The answer is no. The world was bad 2000 years ago. We've just learned, we've just learned how to do it better and more economically in terms of, of sin. It's not as if we fight a harder battle than James and Peter and John fought. The early church made a difference in the Roman Empire because they brought the truth of the gospel. They brought the love of Jesus and they wrapped it around the life of true moral purity into the cesspool, the moral cesspool of the first century, Christians spread who, in the name of Jesus, showed there is a completely different and better way to live, which is why this battle against temptation, and friends, it is a battle. You're not going to be dismissed from it until the day you die and finally go to be with the Lord. But this battle against temptation, understand, Chris, that what you and I do when we pull up to that uh, that intersection, it's not just mm-hmm. about you and me. It's about your wife, my wife, it's your mm-hmm. kids, my kids. It's about our friends, the way we respond. That sends either for good or for ill, sends ripples out that either help people onto God or pull other people down. You're, you're not in the battle alone, and the results of your battle, for good or for ill, have a huge impact on other people. There's somebody listening right now. And we're talking, they knew we we're going to talk about temptation or they just tuned into this and just even the topic makes them feel bad. I'm a bad Christian because I am tempted. And here's the temptation that I have each day. And I'm such a bad Christian and I'm so terrible. Well, what do you say to that person? You know, we've all said that every single one of us have had moments when we've said that. But if the Bible is true and it is, if we take God's word Seriously, and we should. There is no temptation taking you, no matter whether it is gluttony or whether it is pride or envy or sloth or lust or any of the other multitudes of temptations that are out there. There's no temptation that's come upon you that is not common to all of us. We are all, and that's what 1 Corinthians 10 13 says. So if you are facing temptation and struggling with it, your struggle doesn't make you a bad person. In fact, 
it really means you're just a, you're an ordinary everyday Christian who is living out your life and fighting the battle. Uh, the the next phrase of that verse we got to get to it, but. God is mm. faithful. The question is not you and me. Chris, we're going to fall. We're going to fail on our own over and over again. Uh, thou, I am weak, but thou art strong. Mm. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. You know, just a closer walk with the it helps to get back to some good theology. Mm. Left to ourselves, Chris, we're going to. We're going to do a lot more than look at that billboard. Left to ourselves, there's no sin we might not commit. We are in desperate need of the Lord. And the great thing is, he's faithful. If we cry out to him in the moment of temptation, he will be there. All right. So let's deal with this on on the ground level where you're coming from. And Renee is next. I think it's Renee. Renee, uh, go right ahead. Hi. Um. You hit the nail on the head just now about feeling so bad and and guilty and ashamed and embarrassed and and I could not share these two sins with anyone. I'm in hiding. People look at me and think, "Oh yeah, great, good, you know, good life, strong Christian," you know, but they don't know my my secret and I. I lie, and it's not malicious lying about people or or to someone about them. It, it's like it's what it's what the general population would call white lies. Like I'm late for work. Oh, I had trouble with my car. Um, I didn't have trouble with my car. I hit snooze. You know, um, I can't yeah. make it to the doctor's office today because I have a migraine and I don't want the insurance to cut me off because I or charge me that office call because I didn't show up on this. I didn't call 48 hours ahead. So I lie. If you've got a migraine, it's excusable, but anything else wouldn't be. And, and my other great temptation is stealing. It's so easy and i know the scriptures that say there's no temptation that that man hasn't experienced or that god is right there to help you out of it if if you just rely on him and depend on him and uh, when do you overcome successfully when when do you arrive i don't want to be struggling with these two sins Forever, I'm sick of it now. It makes me sick to my stomach, and yet I continue and continue. And it's like, uh, do I just have my neighbor go grocery shopping for me because I can pick up a brick of cheese and stick it in my purse, or go to the pharmacy because I could pick something up and put it in my pocket? I and then I walk out and I and I. I, I'm overwhelmed. You, you're feeling guilty before you do it, but you do it anyway. I mean, this is ridiculous. And I need, need serious help, and I don't know how to get it. I can Let go me to ask you a, question. a counselor, Let me ask you a question. Not... As, you, as, you're, as you just described it, my guess is you, this is the first time you've t- – have you told anybody this before? No. No, not even my my non-Christian counselor, and I go to one. Uh, no, I can't tell anybody. I'm, how do no, I tell somebody? No, that's not true. 
That's not true because you be just did. I can't be around them then. They wouldn't trust me. Put your hands you in just your told, pockets. I might listen take your me. rings, you know? Renee, listen. You you just told Ray and me and your dog knows, too, because I heard him. Yes. Bark- <laughs> <laughs> you got a dog. That's true. You, and, and, and so all three okay. of us know. And you know what? R- R- Ray's not. You, you haven't hung up on us, have you, Ray? I mean, you're still no, here. No, no. I'm still here. I'm just I'm glad that you're finally saying this to somebody, because when you when you get to the place where you're able to tell the truth to somebody else about what's going on down down in there, then you're at the point where God can come alongside and and work with you in this. So do you agree with me, Ray? You you know, I was thinking about all that Renee said and the words of Jesus came to mind. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Someone sent me a a card once that said, the truth will set you free, but it will hurt you first. Hmm. And that's what's happening right now. Renee, Renee, God loves you. You're not the first person to tell a lie. You're not the first person to grab a brick of cheese or something else. You are not the first person ever to do that. There's a lot of people out there listening who, who are nodding their heads, and they feel the same way. You're halfway home. By calling us, you're halfway home. You, 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 you don't know. You're, you're closer to freedom than you think. Now, what you must do is find a Christian friend, a pastor, an elder, a Christian counselor, somebody who knows the Lord who you can trust, and go to them, Renee, and tell that person exactly what you just told us. They will not humiliate you. You're not going to be thrown out of the church. You're not going to be, they're not going to be made an example of. Your heart is to do right. It's obvious that you want freedom. Now, Renee, you're, you're oh. almost there, but you got to take the next step. Go face to face with somebody you know who knows you and together in Christ, you can begin the journey that will end in freedom. What do you think, Renee? Is there somebody like that? Do you know anybody like that that you can go to? That I can go to? That you can I'm, call. See, because there's, there's people who are going to be, and I haven't said where you live, and there's people who are going to start emailing me. Tell Renee to call me, I because she can talk to me. Tell Renee, I, I used to have this have a, uh, a program uh, about lying and stealing, and maybe people would call and say how they overcame. You know, yes. yeah, I can hear all sorts of people say, I'm there with you, but how did you overcome it? That's what I want to hear. Yeah. How do I, I tell you, someone? I mean, I'm You just did it, Renee. You, you did. You did, you Renee. Just did it. I know. <laughs> you did. Somebody You're, I know, see, I'm going to yeah. look at somebody I know and say, hey, <laughs> I steal, I lie, and will they ever trust me again? No, never. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's your fear. Your fear is not that this thing is going to stay with you. Your fear is that you're going to lose all your friends because they're going to know what you're really like. Well, you know what? The dirty little secret is your friends probably have some problems, too, that if they told you what was going on, you know, they'd they'd afraid Renee won't be my friend anymore. And we all walk around with these secrets and these things that are going on inside and we're not real with each other. And and you're you're tired of of putting up the front of putting up the face and and you want that to be done, and I'm so glad, because God is is ready, just like Ray said. God is ready to come alongside you, Renee. Hang on. I wanted to talk with you here in the break. And there's going to be people around the country who are praying for Renee 
right now. Father, would you give her the power of your love and your forgiveness and that there's no condemnation in you and help her to to embrace that I pray in the name of Jesus and anybody else who's in that situation this is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio See, something just happened. Something just happened in her life, in Renee's life. And my guess is, and I told her this, I said, Renee, you, you're the biggest breath of fresh air on the radio today because you're the one who's being real. You're the one who's being honest with us about the brick of cheese that you're putting in it, and you, and you don't want to do this anymore. And I think God honors that, and he wants to, he wants to help you get to freedom. You agree with me, Ray? Look, the, the the first step is always to admit you have a problem. And everybody knows the first step is the hardest. Renee did something, Chris, almost. Would you and I do this? I don't know how much courage it takes to call a radio program and say what she said. And in the in the break, she was telling you and me, I want to be free. Yeah. She's almost there. She is just calling us is a great step in the right direction. Yeah. And I believe if Renee can get hooked up with somebody face to face, she can talk to. There is there is healing, there is hope, there is real change possible. And freedom. folks, freedom. There's freedom. It's possible. And I want to say to Renee, and I want to say to all of us, I want to say, Chris, to you and me, we are not going to do it on our own. That's why we have the body of Christ to encourage each other, to hold each other accountable, to pray for each other and to lift each other up when we're fallen. Uh, I can't make it on my own. I need the whole body of Christ. We need each other. And so, Renee, God bless you. Thank you for calling. She <laughs> she was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Wendy, uh, you've got a different take on this. Tell me why you called today. I called to share my biggest um, temptation in the last nine months, well, it's been almost nine months, our um, son-in-law, who was 27, um, passed away. Him and my daughter were married for seven months. And my temptation is to ask God why, you know, <laughs> and that faith level, it comes and goes. But I, I've been a Christian for 25 years. Um, I thought, I mean, I would hope I would be stronger. I'm trying to be strong for my daughter. But... um it's hard to see her heart broke, but I know that God is good. And I know that uh, when I encourage myself in his word, you know, it, it gets better and it's going to get better, but it's just why Lord, you know, they were just starting their life. They were, uh, finally, they found a, a church home. They were serving in their church. They were growing in the Lord and he's gone, but I think, Wendy, I here's another one. Ray, we got another person yes. who's willing to be honest with us. Yes. <laughs> Two in one hour and more before that. And here's the thing, Wendy. I don't – I think what your temptation is or what you're really struggling with is not asking God why. It's allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling and to really – lament this without throwing a the god blanket over everything that it's you know that you're supposed to be fine now nine months later and everything is peaches and cotton candy if that's you know 
I don't think you have to, you're not there. And I don't think God, you know, look at the Psalms. I'm, I'm answering the question that Ray's going to answer, but Ray, right, you know what I'm right. saying? Look, if you read the book of Job, he kept asking God. He wrestled with God. He argued with God. You read the Psalms, as Chris was saying, the, the psalmist, uh, I mean, gut level honesty, Lord, I cried out to you. Where are you? You read the little book of Habakkuk. I mean, that's a, that's a prophet of God wrestling with the ways of God. And I do not think, I don't think it's wrong to ask God why. We all do that. And, and, and we understand we aren't going to, there's nothing Chris or I could say. So we're not going to say anything that gives an attempted answer because this side of heaven, any human explanation for, for what happened is going to be inadequate. I'm glad you called because what you are going through is the heartbreak of of losing someone you loved and seeing what it has done to your daughter. I am so glad you haven't given up on the Lord. Do, mm-hmm. Don't give up on him. No, no way. And she, honestly, she has grown in the Lord so much too. I mean, she, she, they had found a good church home and they've been a blessing to her. And, you know, I think God has, God has been good. It's just see when I see her, I feel it again, you know, and uh, exactly. and I see her often. She lives, you know, about twenty twenty five minutes away, so we see each other re- very regularly. But it's just go, you know. I think it's after I see her, I just feel it again surge, you know. But she's doing great. I, I thank God for all He's done for us. And just your ability to to be honest with that, Wendy. Uh, my guess is that's going to help your daughter too as much as you want to hold it together and be really really strong for her at the same time when she sees that you're still struggling with this in a strange way it can encourage her so i'm glad that you got through i'm glad for renee that she was able to say these things i've got a texas caller who says i'll watch tv instead of reading the bible and uh, another caller who says it's food i can't focus when i pray with my husband um Suffering from depression, I, I'm afraid of God, uh, and other people who are calling and saying, "Renee, you hang in there." I had the same thing. Uh, maybe that's a program we need to do here, Ray. One of these days, how do you Look, overcome that? You know, that's a topic for a full hour. Let's do it. Yeah. Thanks, Ray, for your help and your hope here from the scriptures. You come back real soon, and uh, if you go to chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see more about Ray Pritchard, an anchor for the souls, our featured resource. And Chris Fabry Live's production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries.